0: No Simple Road is part of the Osiris Network. So what's Osiris? It's a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans and people like you with conversation, commentary, and of course, a whole shit ton of music. Check out OsirisPod.com for more amazing podcasts, and I'm sure you'll hear more about it at the end of the episode.
2: I like this better. Like what? Better the sound. The sound of what? Of the quality of the sound coming back to the headphones. Oh, yes, like nice. It
0: hi, hi, Ryder. Hi. How you doing? I'm tired. I'm tired too.
2: It's okay.
0: We're sorry, guys. Hey, sorry. now, no simple rope family. How you doing out there? It's
2: Tuesday night. Mm.
0: It is so much Tuesday night that it's almost <laughs> Wednesday. It's, it is almost Wednesday. So, so we're late getting the episode out this week. I'm sorry apologize guys i i don't want to say that i bit off more than i could chew because i chewed and st- and yeah, did fine
2: it's the aftermath that we weren't prepared for I, well
0: i knew it was coming
2: not like this no
0: but i figured like we've oh, been fuck, to a, a lot a of a thousand shows. times man i can i could work the computer and yeah we've do an been intro to a lot of shows
2: record and- this was extra Bad the next day and the day. Actually, the well, next day you say was bad. amazing. Don't make it sound bad. It wasn't bad. I have not felt great today. Well,
0: okay, let's let's get into it. We just got back from Dead and Company, yeah, in Eugene. Uh huh. And those of you that listen to that show know that it was quite the quite the doing, quite the thing.
2: It was pretty fucking amazing, dude. So we good.
0: got. A dark star into El Paso, back into dark star into St. Stephen, the 11, William Tell, sandwich, fucking mind blower. Yep. Even O'Teal posted that Eugene blew his mind. Mm-hmm. But this, this is, is not, not a recap, recap of Dead and Company Eugene. That's coming soon.
2: Ish. But
0: I'm sure you guys can hear like my voice is just fucked and Ryder's voice is all gravelly, yeah. sultry and hot S- and toasty. Sexy. sexy. I don't know about sexy, but we'll just say hot, sultry and toasty. But yeah, oh, it, it was toasty. it was something else, man. I've been to a lot of concerts in my life. I've been to a lot of dead shows in my life and this one pretty much took the cake. If there is a cake that could be taken, this one took it.
2: There was pie and brownies. Yeah, it took was, cake, it, pie,
0: and brownies. Yep, all three. Um, Yeah, so I thought to myself, hey, no problem. You know, Sunday and the afterglow of everything, I'll put the episode together and yeah, get we'll it out. Just, and and we'll,
2: we'll all post up together and we'll do an intro and it'll be fine. Yeah, that no, didn't happen.
0: No way. We, no way had to drive back from Eugene to Portland, which is a couple hour drive, but little did I know that every other Portlander on the planet was in Eugene and decided they were gonna drive back from Eugene at the same well, yeah, time. Yeah, all
2: the deadheads but in Portland one not like,
0: no deadheads. They were all going the opposite direction down to Shoreline. It was all the
2: all the day job deadheads okay. that live here in Portland. Like there was, was a lot of people and like camping
0: me. and it was just crazy traffic and we got back here late and i'm making excuses right now i was so
2: fucking tired tired and we didn't want to do it i'm sorry guys (laughs) i apologize i couldn't okay it was mostly me because anytime we would start to do podcast stuff i would be like oh what if we didn't though right it was a baby a a little baby crying i was i was being a baby
0: no it's okay i get it because it's tuesday That was on Sunday. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this is the Dean Sotilli episode, and we had a fucking blast talking to Grateful Dean. Um, You guys are going to hear it. He is a funny dude and actually comes from similar background as myself, and it was really cool to get to know him and talk to him and hear where he's coming from. But first... We have to do the business, the biznatch. Uh, follow us on Instagram for, you know, inspirational stuff. Laughs, you can also pictures. See me hula hooping. And what?
2: You can also see me hula hooping.
0: So Ryder took acid for the first time this weekend.
2: And the thing I brought out of it, the, the thing that I have now that I didn't have before then is now I know how to hula hoop. And what I'm if, apparently really good at what it. What if
0: LSD, like... All it did is give you one odd talent every time you did it.
2: Odd borderline
0: useless talent. Yeah, like you can now balance rocks mm-hmm. or hula hoop. Yep. I can now I can balance a football on my toe. Yeah, I can eat a I can win a hot dog eating contest. Mm-hmm. Yep. All because of LSD. Yep. Oh, who knows? Maybe the universe sets you up that way and now you're going to become like a world champion hula hooper.
2: Or I'm going to be a hula hooper at all the shows with like the flaming hula hoops and people are going to drop will money. We wear and a skirt
0: and hula hoop course, at a show. If dude. Okay, Please, If I'm hula hooping at a
2: show, of course I'll be wearing okay, a skirt. Good. Right. And the hula hoop will be on fire.
0: Oh, and the reason you don't hear Apple or Mel is because. Apple's knocked the fuck out. He is. (laughs) We live in the same house, guys. I texted him. Didn't wake up. I said, hey, Ryder, go get Apple. We're going to start.
2: I went down, knocked on his door, called him. Not not a budge, not a sound coming from his room. I was like, I don't know. He's probably dead. I don't know. So
0: I went in before we started and walked into his room. And all I hear is. sounded like darth vader was like choking in the corner and i'd go back over behind his soji screen and i'd look at him and he's face down on his bed like splayed out just crashed and i was like oh man i can't wake that <laughs> no. up i can't first of all he's gonna be like ah, fuck you and, and okay fine but just let the brother sleep it, don't man. Yeah, don't, don't be a dick out. you and i got this yeah so yeah instagram and Mel's I don't know how we got to Sydney. Apple being asleep from Instagram. but
2: Because Mel and Sydney aren't here. Or er, Mel and Apple aren't here. Sydney, Sydney. also isn't here. She's yeah. with Mel.
0: So, yeah, that's a thing. And head over to the website for new and past episodes if you're looking for somewhere to find all of our past stuff, like interviews with O'Til and Eric Krasno and Duncan and all those things. Those are up on our website. And over there is the Family tab. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter for No Simple Road. Um, the newsletter, I basically just send out ideas and news about the show news and information. That's where you can find out all the cool inner doings, workings and whatnots for no simple road. And the hashtags that the show is using is hashtag no simple road and hashtag found family. So when you're posting on Instagram or on Facebook, use those two hashtags and you'll show up on the family tab. Um, one of the things that, uh, happened in eugene over the past weekend as we started selling some merch out in the lots and if you are going to be at high sierra this coming weekend we are gonna be there guys
2: yay us and i will be there in spirit
0: Ryder will be there in spirit Ryder's gonna be in vegas but we are gonna be at high sierra this weekend we're gonna be interviewing twiddle and jazz's fish and the rust liquid test, and we have a special surprise interview that I'm not revealing until I reveal it.
2: Do, 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 do. Wow,
0: that's that's creepy music. That's not, like, mysterious. Sometimes
2: surprises are creepy. Uh,
0: maybe your surprises are creepy. My surprises are always creepy. Yeah, you're weird, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be at High Sierra, and if you're there, keep an eye on Instagram and... Uh, we will let you know where we're going to be we're going to have a nice camp you can come by grab a water or some sunscreen and hang out with the No Simple Road family and the reason I brought it up is we will be walking around selling shirts and we got some Osiris koozies to give away and we are going to be doing an auction there at High Sierra of some amazing artwork that was donated to the show and I'll be posting pictures of that on Instagram over the next couple of days and uh, you guys really are a lucky bunch of people we got some really talented to people to get in on this so you're going to dig it and um, yeah just keep an eye out for us over there if you're going to be there and if you're not keep an eye on Instagram because that's where we're going to be posting pictures and all that kind of stuff so yeah we got. maybe that. you
2: can watch us get raided again
0: oh dude don't get me started but okay I will <laughs> give you this much of a recap of what happened in Eugene
2: we might as well tell them what they're going to expect at the well
0: so Nola at Nola Deadhead was a badass and donated a grip of shirts to the show for us to sell a new And so we're at the at the booth and we're selling, everything's going great. There's like people in line fucking waiting to buy the shirts and then bam 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 we're down to like four shirts. And University of Oregon police come over and they're like
2: Okay what when we say university of oregon police i feel like it puts an image in people's head that is not real it's like a bald frumpy dude with a t-shirt on and jeans like there was no they were
0: cops though yeah but they were just like they had copy vibes they
2: were just dudes anyway
0: university of oregon police that that's the best they could do that's true and um they're like hey these these shirts have summer tour 18 on them we're taking them and i'm like whoa whoa, wait wait a fucking minute what are you doing man and they're like yeah anything on the lot that says summer tour 18 or has the tour dates on it is fucking going in our backpack and we just happened to be doing an instagram live stream at the time and it all went down i think part of it went down live we ended up stopping in the middle but they did take our shirts they took four of them and they were going for 25 bucks a piece and magically mystically after the show was over on the ride home i was checking my email and some random listeners three of you out there two of you gave 25 dollars to the show for 50 bucks and one listener gave 50 dollars and covered the cost of the shirts that got stolen so hey now no simple road family you're fucking badasses, and yep. we fucking love you. So thank, thank you, you so much for that. That was really cool. And Nola, you made the show for us. We we did have the uh, hair of the wolf van logo shirts, and those sold really well too. And those will be at High Sierra as well. And um, after High Sierra, I don't know if they're going to come to Fish with this. I don't think I want to work at Fish. I just want to fish at Fish.
2: Definitely that would be nice. But
0: they will be up on the we website after back, that. Back
2: of them. Maybe.
0: maybe. if If i feel like anyone yeah and we have the pins that are up on the website new stickers all that stuff so yeah man if you want to immerse yourself in no simple road swag now's the time it's fucking festival summer freakout season concerts are happening you want to represent the family
2: the the van logo has a panel van on it in case anyone's super stoked about the fact that there's a panel van Alright. How do you know that, Ryder? Because some dude came up and was super fucking stoked that it was a panel van, whatever that means. So yeah. That. Hey, you
0: know what? People are into stuff. Yeah, I'm, and I that's appreciate I'm, that. Yep, and, and I that's, I think why that's why I'm, cool.
2: I'm telling the people. Yep. Maybe someone's into it.
0: And then, last but not least, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. That is how you guys out there can. Share the love and show your support for the No Simple Road family. That is the way that we pay the bills over here. That's how we do what we do and do our thing. Um, you know, you can give as little as a buck a month. And when you do end up signing up on there, you get access to the porch chats and all the hidden content that's on there and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like getting a backstage pass for a buck a month. I mean, I think pretty soon we may be putting out more than one episode a week it could happen in the near future because we have so many episodes in the can right now. And, uh, so you'd be getting a lot for your money, you know, just saying guys, it's how you support the show. So, you know, I know it's a big deal, a buck a month and it's takes time and it takes effort, but that's how we support this thing. And that's how we pay for our hosting and all that stuff. And you've heard me say this a million times, but you know, if you've been on the fence now's the time to do it man we appreciate it and we love you guys and thank you so much um so i don't know Ryder. do we have anything else this week i know this is a rather short intro
2: um my
0: brain feels like two toads fighting in a in a swamp
2: was it anything fun happened before we were into the show any, i don't know man i can't i don't, I mean, don't remember like before anything the show at this point that. in
0: my life Mm-mm. i i remember uh deal, opener, and then everything else after that. Let me just say that time at a a Den Company show really is weird. It's so weird. Because when the first set ended, it seemed like it was like three songs.
2: I was running down the stairs and I stopped in my tracks and grabbed the closest person next to me. I was like, is that the end of the set? And they just looked at me and they're like, uh, yeah. Yeah, dum-dum. Oh, so while we were there,
0: there were several of you that listened Shout that came and said hi to us. All of you guys, we fucking love you. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of you. There's actually too many of you, there which is weird, a lot of for me to mention everybody by name, but you know who you are. I'm talking to you that came and said hi there was one of you that walked up to me and said hey now no simple road family and And another dude came almost made me cry like (laughs) for real for real almost made me fucking break out in tears that was the coolest feeling is having somebody walk up and say my own shit to me like those are my words yeah and yeah we started to came up to
2: us uh while we were streaming he was watching our stream that was cool yeah we got some time loop
0: andrew I do remember you mm-hmm. from corvallis dude you rode your bicycle 60 miles and turned it into a woman in the parking lot you know what i'm talking about you're a nut and you're awesome and it was really fun dancing with you at the show man and throwing energy balls back and forth and i appreciate you man and i felt you back there and it was badass it was really really cool and to all of you that came and said hi and gave us hugs and smiles and stopped by the booth we fucking love you and you make this thing so worth doing even when we're burnt out and tired and you guys are the reason that i feel like a responsibility on sundays when i'm supposed to be putting out an episode and i'm fucking burnt out and i feel bad you guys are the reason. I'm not telling you that you're the reason I feel bad. I want to get it out to you guys because I love you.
2: <laughs> it's not your fault. I promise it's not your fault.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our fucking freaky, tied-eyed weird hearts. We love you so much. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of cool shit happening. There's just way too much going on for me to get into. It'll be like a four-hour intro, and we don't want that. We want to hear from Dean. So, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Mr. Grateful Dean, Dean Tilly. What do you mean?
2: Well, because it's grateful. And so anything that has to do with grateful, you automatically think that, and it's a good energy to put out there
0: being grateful yeah yeah yeah. gratitude is fucking huge man (laughs) so is harm reduction right now (laughs) harm reduction is huge huge and if you go outside you'll freeze that's for you chris so yeah we're gonna um talk to dean sotilli before i first met him i it was during fairly well and i saw his name online and i thought it was dean Sotil. Because it's S-O-T-I-L-L-E. I thought the E was silent for some reason. And then he did a post and was like, I think he said, My name is Grateful Dean Sotilli. Rhymes with silly. And I was like, oh, it's Sotilli. So let's call Silly Sotilly." And then I completely stopped doing what I was supposed to do. Let's try this. See what happens hello dean
3: sir wow <laughs> look at that Cloud it so how you sound okay you sound beautiful oh thanks uh-huh. brother you sound better than phil <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> well
0: i mean you, you and i have met but you haven't met the rest of this crew over here man Oh, that
3: high crew! I, I've heard everybody. I know there's an apple there. This is Apple. Welcome to the show, yeah. Dean. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard, uh, I've heard the, some of the podcasts. Aw, thanks, man. Thanks. Familiar with the voices, and you all are like butter over there. You sound like butter.
0: Thanks, man. Well, <laughs> right back at you, brother. We were just actually before we called you. We were watching your Jrad. Uh, high-level nobody package video. <laughs>
3: that's, that's a very special package. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can live like a high-level nobody. I really think the VIP packages should be called high-level nobody packages. Absolutely, because VIPs don't pay for their tickets. No, and they also they, and they
0: definitely don't pay four grand for their tickets yet. <laughs>
3: right.
0: You, when you and I first started talking, man, we, I, I had asked you about playing in the sand, and uh, I, I mean. I really want to go, and I, I know that we're all going this year. But god damn, that shit's expensive, man.
3: Fuck. You know what? That, that's a you're, you're you're taking a vacation though with a band. So I don't know if you guys ever take vacations like that. But as far as like all inclusives go, it's really not that far from what you might pay that time of the year to go anywhere. Yeah, I guess you got a point. You know, like man. we take the kids to Disney; it's the same shit. I mean, it's it's not much different. And I'm not seeing Dead and Company at Disney. So did you? <laughs> You you went last year, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the whole family went. Oh shit! You took your kids? Yeah, everybody went. Wow! So oh, you can like actually
0: stand in the ocean and watch
3: the band. You can, but pretty much you're oceaned out by then. Like, who wants to be corn dog during a show? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can, but so, there's some people that do. But for me, by the time I got to the show, the last thing I wanted to do was be like a corn dog there, dancing, you know, all sanded up and stuff. You can if you want, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd that be up to you. Dancing in the streets with a rash on your thighs. Yeah, no, I'll pass yeah, see, I don't need that shit. I'm to be corn up on the first night. You get the cross. Crotch and then you messed up the rest of the vacation. <laughs> Fuck. So So okay, we're, <laughs> nobody whoa, whoa, whoa. wants red crotch when you're no, on night one. It, no, and by night three, <laughs> oh you're just God, sitting sitting time. on a lawn chair, <laughs> crying. It's like in your You're like those damn monkeys from National Geographic. By the time night three comes around, you're just, you just, you just, you just soaking a case of flaming hoop and a little coconut water. Anything trying to cool the burn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> holy shit man so nobody needs that so let's let's start back at the beginning man so um i found out about you i guess th- when did you start doing your thing man
3: it, I, I did it i started right when uh the 50th was announced okay yeah that that's when i
0: i found out about you like you gotten you and peter shapiro
3: met <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hilarious way when that happened. that's a nice way to say it right did, you I know mean, what's very funny is i never had anybody edit any of my blogs i just did whatever i did i just always let it fly and the interesting thing is that that happened once like the mail order thing the ticket deal went a little bit awry and stuff like that and for probably like the first time i sent it to uh to my buddy, Eric, to read before I published it. And uh, it it was a little probably uh, more aggressive, uh, certainly not very kind sounding the first time around. And he was like... You know, I always uh, tend to think you should just, you know, do, you know, just let it fly, just do what you feel. But this one you might want to tune down a little bit. Dial it back and, a little, Dean. I really never thought anything of it. I mean, my circulation was decent, but I, I didn't think it was going to become anything. I was, like, with my – taking my daughter to, like, ballet or something like that. And my phone rings, and it's this dude from the Washington Post. What? And he's like – well, that that – was like one of the first articles I did that went totally viral. The thing had like 60,000 views in, you know, like a couple hours. And I wasn't even tracking it. What happened is your phone like dings and like WordPress is like you're getting unusually high activity. Okay. And so like for me, I just thought it'd be another blog. You get a few thousand reads or whatever and – and then <laughs> so I'm in my daughter's ballet class in oh, the Washington shit. Post is calling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so here's some really funny things that started there. Shapiro's assistant, he contacted me through, like, Facebook and said, Peter would like to talk to you if, uh, you know, if you can and whatnot. And uh, And then I get this call from this dude at the Washington Post. And what happened is, all of the news people, because then the, the New York Times called and they did a piece on me during that whole thing. I was a part of this piece they did. And um, they sent a fo- crew to my house to take pictures. That's where like some of these pictures that yeah. one of me on the couch reading the Garcia magazine. Yeah. The New York Times took that picture. They came to my house and Holy took pictures. Shit. for it. So, Like all this stuff was going on. So what happened was all the pe- every every major paper and stuff was covering the 50th. It was like big news. Right. So they all started s- subscribing to my blog because they figured I had all the hot information. Now, here's the funniest thing. And I was just on, a, on I, the sound podcast and I didn't tell this story. But here's one of the funnier things. Okay, All of the news people were subscribed to my blog because they kind of figured like, well, they didn't know much about the community or have a real – you know, hand on the pulse of where things were, or what was going on. So uh, the, the, I, I got this huge run on subscriptions on the blog to the blog from people that, uh, that were involved in the news, all the news coverage of it. Right. So for the first night in Santa Clara, you can read, I don't, I don't have it up. I, w- I really should have pulled it up if I planned on talking about this, but I was like one of the first people to post a review about that. And I, you know, uh, since people became acquainted with me, the news people, based on that Shapiro deal, you know, I guess they thought I just like legitimately covered news or something like that. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I made a joke uh-huh. in my review of the of the Santa Clara shows that um in celebration of the legalization of gay marriage, a wealthy um pro-gay group arranged to have a rainbow at intermission <laughs> now that was a, totally a joke and i went online like a couple hours later and fake rainbow stories were everywhere what and i mean like i felt like i trolled the universe <laughs> that's fucking yeah. awesome well done hell yeah
0: <laughs> wow so,
3: I don't know if that's just a coincidence or, you know, sometimes things are almost too good to be coincidences. But that was one of the funnier things that had happened along the way when uh, when after that Shapiro deal, all the kind of news outlets started subscribing to my blog, figured they'd get as much information as they could from from, uh, you know, whatever I had to write yeah. about. That was some funny. I stuff. I mean,
0: fucking people are calling you when their streams go down, hitting you up online, telling you about their fucking streams. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah like you're in
0: charge of nugs, dude. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Whatever. So, when when did you get into the dead? Like, you, I mean, GD fifty for all of us was a big deal, but obviously, you've been on the bus a
3: long time. Yeah, yeah, eighty five was my. Uh, that was my inauguration. And you know the eighty. I, by, by the time I was at intermission of my first show, I was ready to just give up all a life and tour. Me too. I mean, I kind of just it just hit. It was all right immediately. It, isn't and it? My, my first show was in utero, and I didn't even find out about that <laughs> much later. But my folks in '69 went to see the Dead at the Fillmore East, and my mom was seven months pregnant with me. Wow, man! So. Like if that had some kind of impact, if I had this like tremendously deep return to the womb sensation or something, fuck yeah, it's in your DNA. That, yeah. there ain't no denying you had the mark just you as know, plain as day. <laughs> my parents weren't that groovy. It's not like they were there, you know, smoking weed and you know hugging everybody. I'm sure to them it was probably a very odd show and it was probably very weird because they were uh, they were pretty straight laced. But so uh, nonetheless, I was there at as a seven-month fetus
0: you know you said that like you know by intermission of your first show you were done like yeah i was the, totally hooked right away what was the what was the thing that did it man like, lsd I, okay good that was easy <laughs> good next wow. question moving on <laughs> well no think about it if you need to <laughs> wow
4: that
0: was, yeah. that was the thing. all right that, that's the truth it. man
3: <laughs> all right fair enough no. wow <laughs> You know, but it was all of it, too. You know, it was a Garcia. I'd seen a ton of shows. I loved live music, you know, and and so i had seen a ton of shows, but like Rat and Poison and Billy Squire. And so like when when you go to a dead show, it's everything about it's different. And I remember the way Garcia's guitar traveled through the arena. I mean, there was so much magic in it. You know, and just the sound that was coming, it was such a different sound from what I'd been accustomed to hearing on a big stage. And uh and you know the whole deal was just it was so different you know Same. and and when you're 15 i mean when you're 15 and you take some doses that shit works oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah that like sh- i mean i snow. really i thought at some point during space that the whole thing was happening inside my mom's vacuum and i mean there was some <laughs> weird thoughts that were traveling through and you know you get very high and and then the sound itself and the whole vibe and yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it i never i was immediately and my first show was scarlet fire estimated eyes so oh. i mean welcome to the bus that one will you know if you don't get it through that then you might not get it yeah, yeah.
0: you can come back tomorrow come night and try again but you ain't gonna get that same set list brother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i mean all those years oh. go by and then gd50 gets announced and everybody loses their fucking mind and i know for myself I lost my shit. Like I, I had never taken my wife Melanie to a show and, and had told her about it all all these years, and it was just such a different thing that was happening. And one of, one of the things that like made it was for me anyway was reading your reviews and the shit leading up to it was so fucking on point. Like, and, and at first, like you said, it was it was very honest and. Uh, that's one of the things that I admire that you do, man. Is that you're not afraid to say, you know what, tonight's set fucking wasn't that good. It sucked. John's guitar sounded like shit, or or the tempo's fucking slow, or whatever. I I think that's that's something that we run into as deadheads. Is like you're afraid to anger the gods by saying the show wasn't very good.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean. I certainly have my share of people that get very upset with a lot of my opinions. It's not like I'm making the world happy. I mean, the goal was always to do that, you know, spread laughter. But uh, if you take a look at some of my harder reviews, uh, uh, the comments on them are are rarely people are rolling out red carpets or throwing rainbows at me. It's – I never cared. You know, that was the best part is I was never trying to be anything. I was never thinking, I hope one day I could be on the No Simple Road podcast. Like, I, never had, like, Me I never had any ambitions at all. I just wanted to tell some jokes. And I couldn't tolerate Facebook because it was just all the, all the dead groups got so weird and negative on GD50 and Trey. And yeah. I started seeing things posted about, like, the murder eight in chicago and i'm like we've been going to chicago for 50 fucking years What's wrong with like you everyone's yeah. afraid of chicago all of a sudden <laughs> like you know what like we were the reason to be afraid when we were coming to town no shit you know like we turned towns upside down little towns the dead came through and i mean those places were fleeced by the time we were gone no shit the circus you know, came th- to town and it dragged <laughs> a bunch of people with it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. And uh and big cities were always great to me because we didn't even make a dent in the weird that was going on there. Mm mm. Yeah. So, you know, I was just looking for a place to tell some jokes. I had zero ambitions. Um, I have a great life outside of it. And really, it's funny because it, it became and has to this day It certainly has consumed way more time than I ever thought it would. And certainly more than I was hoping it would. Yeah. I, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. You know, I'm not having a ball doing it. So uh, the best part is, is when you know who you are and, and you get you, like when I get where I'm coming, coming from I really don't have to sweat that much if anybody else does because I know people that are fairly intelligent will get it. Yeah. I that's the thing with with
0: what you do man, it's it's funny on a level that if you don't get if you're not on the inside, then fuck it, man. You know, it's
3: it's, it's for the people that get it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, we totally— Well, I thank you. I consider you one of the intelligent ones. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to be a real dumbass not to like me. Well, well
1: I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Absolute I don't know. get it. <laughs> you got it. No, We're I was true. just going to say, you're always on point, man. I just listened to your one from— uh, Uh, Deer Creek. I was listening to that last night. And I agree. Me and Aaron both do with just about everything. It's like, yeah, remember that part? Because only from the inside you see. Did you notice Bobby did that? Did you notice Mm -hmm. this happen? You know, most people wouldn't understand the depth of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I pay attention. I pay attention to the music. I Listen, I, I put like a huge sound system in the house so I could try to have as good a sound as I've always been crazy about sound. Like, you know, it's, we want to have the best experience we can. We want it to sound as good as it can. And uh, and I do a lot of couch touring because I got kids and stuff like that. To, to be honest with you, I almost think you shouldn't be able to review a show you were at because there's some stinkers that people think are wonderful. And I I was one of those people, you know, like I remember in the past, you get high as a kite. You go see a show. You it was think the best I can't ever. wait to get that tape because, I mean, I heard whales mating in the middle of birds. <laughs> all this crazy shit happened. And, and then back in the day, it took you a while to get the tape. It wasn't right? like today, you had it right after the show. Someone would like mail you the audio cassette, you know, a month or two later. And you'd be so excited to listen to it. And you're like, well, shit. <laughs> this is nearly as good as I thought it was I don't but... remember it sounding like that. you know what
0: man I'll be honest with you gd50s a little bit like that for me you know like uh, if I was high as fuck and those shows were amazing when I was there but I've listened back and it's a little herky jerky man you
3: know <laughs> but yeah. for, for me it was just like the whole thing was was just it was like this enormous class reunion
0: yeah full of
3: only the people you liked in your class and they all showed up. Yeah. You know, so it was just like, holy shit, it's all of us back. I saw people I hadn't seen in decades and mm-hmm. I got clean. So like a lot of people like I vanished. You know, I, I kind of when I stepped out, I really changed my life. So, I mean, I kind of vanished from all the old friends and the old scene and everything else. So, for me, I hadn't seen or heard from these folks. And back then, they're really like you used to have to write letters and shit to people, right? You know, if you wanted yeah. to stay in touch, and we had calling cards and shit. Like, <laughs> you knew you were really somebody <laughs> if you had a calling card instead of uh, instead of quarters. Yeah. I, what was your uh,
0: what was your vice, man? What what was your thing that you got clean from? Oh, I,
3: I, well, ultimately, the heroin took me down. That's, uh, you know, the, the, it's funny, the, the powders and stuff like that. And I was a, you know, I, I was a I'm just straight up junkie. Me too, know? man. Me too. I start, started shooting it and that just all went downhill very rapidly. And, um, you know, I guess there just comes a time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's a mouthful right there. It, yeah. It's, there comes a time and a lot of people are dying around me my friends and you start looking around at the group of people you're running with and you start realizing well you know you're you're online so yeah uh, wow you know how could I, you could be you could be
0: up next you know it's funny you say that man because i i had the same experience like so tour ended for me in like 92 i think 93 i i was done touring but i was still going to shows and started like chipping using dope and then by 94 end of 94 i was balls deep and you know it's funny what you say about the the group of friends thing man like Uh i look around myself back then i think about it now and i'm like these are fucking people i would never have hung out with two years ago there's no way like and and the, and the scene at that time, ninety four, ninety five, got dark. Mm-hmm. Things got weird, man. You, you, you could feel the trouble in the air. Yeah, it, it, and there was some shining fucking moments then. I'll say that as far as the music goes, like there was moments when it the magic was happening, but underneath that there was this undercurrent of scum going on, that mm-hmm. like, oily feeling in the in the crowd. And for me, like I got into my worst shit when I stopped listening to the music. Did you have that experience yourself?
3: Uh, you know what? I I, I kind of backed out uh, not after spring tour in '93. I just felt like. The scene and the music was no longer good enough to do what, you know, to do what it took to to stay on, you know, stay on board. Right. You know, it just seemed to me like it was starting to feel more like a job. You know, I taped for a couple of years and I, I have a lot of uh, uh, respect for tapers because that's a full time job like. I mean it's, it's going to the show and having a job mm-hmm. and uh, you know and your payment is you walk out with a tape but uh, to me I did that for like two years and I'm like you know, I'm like tired of going to shows and having a responsibility and a job and it was fun while it lasted really funny story behind that one we'll, we get back, we'll get back to that because it's totally not in line with the question but the music got to me just once Hornsby left it, it just seemed like the magic was way too Few and far between, to to try to you know do what it took to get on you know stay on the bus and it ju- it just seemed like the scene was crazy. The music really wasn't heading in the right direction, and I knew that it was just time for me to you know. Like, every time I heard War Frat, I'm like, oh man, yeah, uh, I know, I know this song is like speaking way too deep into my life, and uh, and every time I heard, you know. I get a new life, live the life I should. It just, I, it, it grieved my soul in such a profound wow. way. And uh, and I just knew, like, that song was speaking directly to me, and it was time for, for a major change. Anyone that's been a junkie uh, uh, knows that it's just, every day sucks. There's no good days as a junkie. True. And you would just love for it to stop and for whatever reason you keep feeding the beast and you know it's uh getting off that thing is no easy task and it wasn't as glamorous I don't think when I got clean in 93 it didn't sit like nowadays people get out of rehab and they have more prescriptions than they have when they went in yeah uh, I mean I just I sat in a room with a bucket and hurled for a week you know and uh, and sweated out and and everything else and Uh, And nowadays, there's all these ways, I guess, they're trying to make it kinder, gentler, or easier. And uh, I'm kind of glad I just toughed it through. And 25 years later, it's almost hard to believe. It's hard to believe I'm that old. Doesn't it seem like some of that shit, like if you think back to it, at
0: least for me, like I look back on those times and I'm like, it almost seems like it was somebody else.
3: Oh, it's totally like a movie, a bad movie that I watched for a while.
0: Yeah, that's fucking weird, man. Like. I I don't know. Like I said, when all that happened and everything started going downhill, like I split and was listening to different music and the dead for me, listening to the dead back then was like, uh, how can I explain it? Like, like a secret that I had. And when I listened to it, it would make me feel guilty for Mm -hmm. doing the shit I was doing, man. And, And it's, that's a weird way to put it, but that's the truth. And like, for me like getting clean wasn't even ever on my radar like I was I figured I'd be dead by the time I was 30 and that was that and you know and then I met this wonderful woman sitting on my left right here like she saved my life man that's the thing that got me clean what was
2: I was his bucket in the corner
0: yeah (laughs) wow that's a beautiful bucket
3: man yeah, you oh.
1: threw up all over me man.
3: what was what was the thing that you got, got you gotta wash that off quick that's a <laughs> liberal. Oh, i did horrible. i really did
0: dude i dean man i was fucking homeless strung out same thing. Out, out of my I had mind. Live
3: under the bridges of New York, you know, like I could I could go home, but I didn't want to go home because that's just that lost thing. Yeah, man. And boy, well, I was I was hanging with some spooky motherfuckers under the bridges of New York City. <laughs> I bet. Man. And, uh, you know, none of my friends had names. You know, everybody <laughs> yeah. was dead. They, they called me Doc, you know, uh, uh, because when I showed up, pretty much they were all going to get their prescriptions filled because oh, I like to share. And, um, you know, it's just Scooby and neck bones and shaggy and, you know, and, then, <laughs> and it's a dark place. It's like you can smell the crime. You get under that bridge there and it's nothing but, you know, you had the you, you, the the damn crackheads were like the coyotes, you know, like yeah. they always were just anxious and and make you nervous just looking at them. And I, I was part of the folks that just, you know, I was like a buzzard, you know, the waiting the for the dead donkeys.
0: <laughs> circle around. Yeah, no
3: shit. man. <laughs> And the coyotes were just waiting for the junkies to fall down and nod so they could get through their pockets. Take your shit. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it was just such a it was such an ugly life. So what, what what turned you around? What got you clean? It, uh, you know what? It, the grace of God, I guess, you know, I, I remember calling out God, if you exist, like, uh, you know, like i learned when i was young i could use a little help here and and i just think like i said it was this never-ending convicting force internally that like you know you can sear your conscious a little bit if you just keep doing bad shit but i think after a while you start banking all that bad mojo and you can't escape from you anymore and when you get to that place you change or you die and uh I mean, I'm just by the grace of God, I guess I just uh, was given, you know, a reprieve from the whole thought that keeps you sucked into the madness and just given just enough of a window to look through to say, listen, there's light on the other side and you can get there. Yeah, man. And uh, and, you know, like I said, you know, when you're doing that day in and day out, this is no fun. You Dude. know, like, I'm like, I got in all this stuff for fun, and this is not fun, hasn't been fun in years. That, you know, this trying to keep myself from being sick is a full time job, and I don't want it anymore. No shit. You no know, shit. so some people keep shitty jobs for a lifetime. It's <laughs> like,
0: <laughs>
3: I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. It's, I just gave my resignation. I'm like, fuck this, I've had it. I, turned in, my, I turned in <laughs> my letter too,
0: man. I, Melanie, it's a trip. Melanie and I were just sitting here looking at each other, like, holy shit, while well, you said that, man. Like, I had the exact same experience. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, as they say, and was walking down the street and just praying, either Mm -hmm. let me get the fuck out of this or kill me, one of the two, and stepped up a curb and there's this girl sitting there and my whole life changed, so fucking i'm glad you're here man i'm glad we made it out brother fucking right yeah. on more power yeah, to you I man. i got you yeah it's, uh, so it. let's let's change the vein because everybody's Wait, gonna be
3: all were weird oh yeah you're gonna tell a story, oh, yeah,
4: you Dean, tell a story. I hear that <laughs> oh
3: the taping deal yeah, yeah. the tape and deal, that 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 story is funny motherfucker uh, I, I was uh we were uh, uh, uh we were organic herb specialists back in the day <laughs> we used to sell exotic spices on tour and, uh, <laughs> rosemary we didn't, do and it. we didn't do anything on the lot because you know the lot that for us was too shady so right but but we did it we made a handsome living doing it and it was uh i believe it was 91 and we were at cal expo we were staying at the red lion there i was you know, at cal that sh- expo, i was at that show yeah cal expo you wake up you what we eat like good earth foods is that what it is and then yeah. after the show you go to the pepper mill like you know you just everybody got their uh the the thing well, anyway cal expo I, i'm sleeping the night before cal expo starts and i have a dream that they bust out lazy lightning and i woke up and i'm like i'm gonna be a fucking taper like what? i'm going right now to get a dat and uh I went with a buddy of mine, Glenn, we, we searched out a place where we could buy a DAT. Mm -hmm. Uh, There wasn't a ton of DATs in the, in the pit back then. They were relatively new, but, um, and they were kind of expensive then. And so I went and got a DAT and I became a taper that day. Now, what was funny was if you remember, they did bust out the supplication jam. You didn't get lazy lightning, but they did bust out the supplication jam, at of Uncle John's on uh in Cal Expo in ninety one, so it was half a accurate dream. <laughs> I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man, it I turned me into a taper for a while. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That that yeah. show I
0: flipped my lid at that show, man. I lost my mind. I was the only one of my friends that got a ticket. I got miracled into the show. I went in and I'm standing next to this brother. The show's about to start and he goes, Hey man, you want to smoke some Illinois North Slope Neopollinated Tripweed? And I was like, Well, of course I do. And I took <laughs> two hits off this guy's bowl and I'm like okay I'm starting to lift off and then this other brother comes over he's like hey man you need, you look thirsty you need a sip of my Gatorade man I take a sip of this dude's Gatorade and he looks me in the eye and he goes see you later and I was like <laughs> oh fuck I just fell for one of my own tricks god damn it and boy by the end of the first set i was fucking losing my mind dude jerry was talking to me only everybody else was an alien and i couldn't find the exit of the fucking cal expo i ended up crying to security that night i just want to go back to my van man let me go in the fucking camping (laughs)
3: lot so yeah those those, that was a bad show So I admire you for wanting to admit that on a podcast. Yeah, fuck Come it, on. man. Dude, I've, told, I've told some bad stories on this show. <laughs> That's one of those stories I'd forget. Hey, they're all good now, man. Right, it's uh, all I good. I was totally in command. I was Superman. <laughs> I walked around naked. Everyone invi- uh, admired my physique. <laughs>
0: and the band took orders only from me that night. That's yeah.
3: right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, we, uh, you know, some wild times are always going to be had along the way and uh so i hear what you're saying i remember the eel river when the jerry band played the eel river in 91 we uh we were introduced to the crystal forma lsd and uh, mm. I, I remember uh, i got so high uh, I, I spent most of the time in the river naked i couldn't find my clothes Uh, But I I was so scorched that I had this idea if I could become a lizard patch and make it onto one of the crew's jackets, I could party with the band. (laughs) So did you make it? Oh, my God. (laughs) I got naked as hell. I went in the river and just acted like a lizard. And I was convinced in my own mind I could become the patch if I acted like a lizard long enough. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, see, it's not just me. Hell yeah. By the time I realized that I was probably just a little high, I had no idea where my clothes were going go into the parking lot buy all new stuff look like i bought a hippie starter pack I had all new guatemalan clothes everything brand new guatemalan
0: pants and a brand new tie-dye that's all crinkled
3: and that's actually one of my profile pictures I'm in that guatemalan jacket it's like the picture of the morning after I love it man I love it
0: those were the days yeah right I'll tell you so now you know, we're talking about Dead and Company and GD50 and all that, and you're saying like, you know, the forums were going apeshit over Trey. What about Mayor Man? Like when they announced Mayor playing with Dead and Company, what was your first thought, man? Oh, he's so dreamy. He, he is <laughs> totally. Yeah. You shouldn't be that talented,
3: good looking, and funny <laughs> all at the same time. It shouldn't be allowed. You know, see now. I followed some of Mayer's older stuff, so I always admire Mayer as a guitarist, and I followed some yeah. of the stuff he did with Clapton, like the Crossroads Festival right. and stuff. Right, yep. So I, I knew him. he had major chops, and I knew when people were commenting on Mayer, I was plastering Clapton's quote all over those threads. What's that the quote? Clapton says, and the interviews, there's an interview you can check on YouTube, he says, John Mayer is a master guitar player. So if Clapton says that, I really don't give two shits what, you know, some dude named, you know, Fingo Malingo, you know, <laughs> some kind of fake name on Facebook. And, you know, I really like that's one of those things where I'm like, well, the guys obviously got the chops and the trio stuff I like. Right. You know, and so, you know, I I just based on the chops, I knew, like, wow, this could get very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I
0: thought it, me too. I thought it would be interesting. I just thought for me, I wasn't super familiar. I, 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 no, I wasn't not down. I wasn't super familiar we're with his stuff. We were like, it, okay, yeah, it was surprising. Okay. And then the part of me was like, well, I know this boy can play, but can he do what the dead does? That was my concern. Right. And
3: boy, I'll tell you what, that first two I was like, holy shit, that was a good choice, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, I think I, he's he's fantastic playing it. You know, you can, you know, I always like to say that I analyze, I don't criticize, and yeah. I, I think that there's an awful lot of people out there that like him much more than I do. But I mean, there's an awful lot of people out there that Mike that like him much less. I, I think as far as the music goes, he's having fun. He's he's a great player. Listening to him talk about the music is uh, has made me like him even more I mean he speaks very intelligently about the music and I could listen to him talk about it forever I mean he really uh, what he has to say has depth and you know and his perspective is outstanding I mean you can just tell like if you ever catch him on an interview the way he talks about it you could tell that like he'd be a fun cat to to talk to for yeah, a little bit I, you, you know, know. outside and it's tough to be john mayer it fucking sucks it, it, at times it's got to suck to be him i mean the he's in the public eye in a big big way and uh you know it, it's it's not easy it's no. not easy he's got a he's got a huge fan base he's he's got a, a band that he takes care of even when he's not playing on his own you know so it, it's it 's a tall order yeah he's got a charm life but you know I always said the blessing the the bucket that holds your blessings is usually the size as the bucket that holds your curses Whoa. you know and and Garcia was a great example of that you know the bigger the bucket of your blessings you know sometimes the bigger the bucket your curses that come along with it and um yeah you know i have so. to i have to agree
0: with you I think one of my favorite parts about this whole dead and company thing and and john mayer playing guitar with them is watching john mayer become a deadhead like i'm getting to see somebody super high profile like you said go through those changes that we all have gone through becoming heads and watching him turn on to this thing is super cool to get to see from the outside i fucking love that
3: well i agree it's a You know, the growth has been, uh, the growth in the whole band has been incredible. And, uh, you know, I I just. Hey, you know what? The product to me is the best product that the Grateful Dead community's had in quite some time. And the size of the, you know, there's just something to be said for being in real big rooms, hearing the sound on that large of a scale. Uh, The theaters are fun. And, you know, they did that for a long time with, you know, Bob did it with Rat Dog and, you know, and Phil and Friends and stuff like that. And it's fun, but it's hard to replicate you know just the size of the experience when you play in big rooms and yeah i've never been to me if they were going to do one tour a year i'd prefer it be a fall tour or a spring tour because i like indoor venues Uh, you know i love to me i just like it inside yeah me too so these huge venues and the sheds are have never really been my favorite places to go see shows but um regardless i think the quality of the music when they're when they're firing on all cylinders is outstanding and uh and watching John grow into that has been great. And, and really, like I say, if, if you li- if you've listened to the interviews he's done on uh, Tales from the Golden Road and stuff like that, it's fun to hear him talk about the music. He speaks very intelligently about the music and, you know, and, and he honors it and he, he re- re- respects the whole thing. And, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, through this whole thing, man, you've Uh, since gd50 and everything taking off for you man you've you've got to meet like all of them. Right. I mean, you, you I see pictures of you having lunch with O'Teal and, you know, well,
3: O'Teal's a friend. o'teal's a, he's a great guy. I, I'm, I'm I'm not I haven't met all of them. I've met all of them from like a distance from like a certain distance. But I like I've never been the kind of cat that will get in somebody's face. Right. Because they're there. Like if, if I was going to meet Weir, it would have to happen very organically. Yeah. Like we'd have to almost bump into each other. I wouldn't run across the street to be like, "Hi, Bob. My name's Dean." Like, I just, <laughs> that's not me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm I'm not that kind of person. My wife is. It embarrasses me. Like, if she sees someone she loves, she she'll run through the airport and be like, "Oh my God, it's John Bon Jovi?" Like, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so it, like for me to meet folks, it's got to be kind of organic in nature. Like, I've never been one to try to throw myself in someone's way to meet them and i've just never been like that i've always thought like if it's meant to be it'll be it'll happen that makes it you really
1: perfect for this kind of uh gig
3: What's that? I said I didn't that, that you. makes
1: you really perfect for this kind of gig because you don't care. You care about the music and, and everything, but you don't care you about that part. trying to crawl yeah. up anybody's
3: ass. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I know. And it's funny. At first when I started writing and stuff, I always hoped like, hey, maybe this will lead to a cool job or something. And and then you realize like, I, who wants to be edited? Who wants to have someone over you? Who wants to have someone else controlling your content? Like, that... I, I, I wouldn't be happy with that. So uh, I've made sure like any good deadhead that uh that i make absolutely no money doing what i do and uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're with you man (laughs) and and i always hope that my underlying love for the process and the community and the band and everything we've all been to together been through together for you know decades is evident and and things but you know it's uh I, i i never found searching through media like anything other than your kind of typical softballs thrown up at everything that went on yeah. and uh, and to me I was just like god like we're such a fun group of people and such an amazing community like how come there's never any interesting coverage on who we are or what we do and it's kind of the only reason I got involved because I'm like someone's got to say something that's interesting and I'm not finding that from the major publications very often Yeah, the older I get, I'm finding, like, if you
0: see something that needs to be done, if... You think it needs to happen? You better get up and start
3: doing it or it ain't going to fucking happen. (laughs) We all uh, have those friends who are like professional idea havers. Yeah, (laughs) Most of them are unemployed. Yeah. They got all the ideas that are going to change the
0: world. Dude, I I came up with an idea for a bong that you can make out of a gourd and I'm going to sell them (laughs) on tour. Awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. I've met that guy.
3: Yeah, it's we, we all have friends like that. Most of them are unemployed. And, uh, you know, you just read that's like a guy like uh, like like Shapiro, man. He's got he's got a great mind and he he's he knows how to make shit. He knows how to take at, put action behind it. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of look. I love his story because if you look at his story, uh, his first show in Chicago, I'm like, well, shit, I was at that show, too. Yeah. And then I looked at like, all right, well. Here we are, uh, you know whatever it was uh, when GD fiftieth came about. We're uh, we're, we're twenty two years later, and I'm like, we were all at the same show that night. That some bitch is promoting GD fifty, right? Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like that potential at the time existed for everybody that sat in that room. Wow, he he took the reins, yeah. Yeah, like when I thought about that, I'm like, listen, that could have just as well been me or anyone else, but there's something that happened in his experience that uh, he put a lot of action behind it and – and, and you know and that's the the potential exists for all of us to do uh, a multitude of amazing things uh, and usually action is, is the common denominator why shit never gets done yeah you know, the like idea the idea people parts have a good easy. idea then they have like some some damn marijuana gummy bears or something and they just say ah, I'm just gonna fuck it I'm gonna get on the hammock yeah
0: I'll wait it'll happen tomorrow <laughs> yeah. I swear and then you eat another gummy and it's like well I'll wait till tomorrow I swear <laughs> fucking <laughs> ten years later (laughs) You know, I think that Shapiro and I I may get lambasted for saying this, but whatever. I think that he's you know, there's a whole new generation of deadhead because of dead and company and John Mayer having a younger fan base and all the, the soup that's put together dead and company like he's this generation of deadheads,
3: Bill Graham in a lot of ways. He he is, and you, you know if you get to know, if you get to know him, uh, he, he's a he's a lot of fun. I mean, he's hilarious. Works hard as hell. I mean, one thing about him is uh, nobody I know can outwork him. I mean, morning, noon, and night, the guy's working. Uh, still gets takes his kids to school in the morning. You know, he, he'll be high fiving a band that gets off the stage at Brooklyn Bowl. You know, at an ungodly hour of the morning. And uh, and he's he's dropping his kids off to school at seven. So, I mean, the dude works like crazy and and he makes it happen. And he he's he's definitely when I when I first had the deal with uh, with the ticket fiasco and all that stuff, I, I was relatively hard on him. And, uh, and maybe even that was rightly so. I don't know. I was know. just going to say but, that. It was it was a little bit
0: of a shit show there for a while, man. It,
3: it, it was. But, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you can have good intentions and the way shit pans out is like, wow, that's not what I expected. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> see that shit coming. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck? And, and so as things have moved on, I mean, he, he's really – Uh, He's been a big force in moving our music forward, and he's dedicated to it. And, uh, you know, I guess some people are going to be inclined to hate him for making a living on it and, you know, think everything's free. But that brother goes the extra mile, whether it's, you know, spending, you know, Tons of money that that he could put in his pocket on extra fireworks and roses for everybody that comes into the venue and you know wanting Candace Brightman to do the lights and I mean like he just made sure yeah that yeah he, he goes the extra mile. Look at Lockin right. Lockin is more music than you could really take in. Like I wish there was a Lockin when I was in my twenties. Yeah,
0: man. I'm because with
3: I don't I don't have like that. I don't even have what it takes anymore to catch all the music that's available there. And that deal, he's got like three or four, like fully equipped stages in the woods in the middle of nowhere. You'll walk like a mile and a half and there's another stage set up in the woods. And and I mean, somebody is playing. uh, It's almost music close to 24 hours a day for four days. Wow. I, I mean, he just really doesn't. You could just make that damn thing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, start at a reasonable hour and end at a reasonable hour, and everyone be happy. But uh, that's not him. Like, he, he just thinks bigger than that. He's, uh, he wants, he goes the extra mile, man. He wants to deliver, you know. And talk about taking shit, man. Like,
0: online, that guy gets blasted left and right you know oh it's a money grab and th- fuck the Brooklyn Bowl and all the you know right. you yeah, you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't love what you were doing it's just you, you taking that much shit mm-hmm. it, nobody would do it and it's it's evident that the guy is into the scene and is a deadhead and loves the music and I, you know I'm for anybody that's trying to perpetuate this thing and keep it going and make it move forward because I don't know, man. I, I feel like since Dead & Company started, we've got a rebirth on our hands. And this thing has, is now at a cruising altitude. It's not taking off anymore. It's cruising now. And we're getting to see our own Grateful Dead iteration take shape and become its
3: own thing. Yeah, well, I mean, we got some old fucking babies in that rebirth. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah that's the one true. one thing you got right they might be back to pampers before long <laughs> <laughs> wow. maybe
0: even during the well, show
3: during the show you never
0: know man you know hey oh, i, I hope just, i'm man. fucking up there doing some shit like that when i'm that age man you know i i gotta hand it to bobby you know, apple was just saying today where were they playing yesterday apple Where was the show? They were in uh, what was it, Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. So after the Atlanta show was Raleigh and Apple. You know that that
1: That Atlanta Atlanta show was amazing, and they just to me they. I was wondering your take on that. They last night's show. I was watching it on the couch, and it it was lot slow. It was a great show, but it was just it was slower, and Bobby seemed a little like worn out from the night before in Atlanta.
3: You know when I when I look at their schedule, I, I always question. No, uh, like not having a night off in between a deal like that because Raleigh's a six-hour drive. Typically, those guys are getting on the bus right from the stage and driving it there. I mean, I suppose m- maybe they they could fly or did fly. Occasionally, they fly, but you still got a crew that's got to break down, drive six hours. Get. I mean, it's kind of everyone's going to be a little bit tired. I- I'd be tired if I was doing it, you know. And I'm just yeah. a fan, like you know, I don't you know have to really but as a performer they're putting out a lot of energy when when i saw that one you kind of know no night off you know rolling in a bus through the night and and the way that whole thing goes checking into hotels you know in the wee morning hours and and then making things happen again i I always kind of look and think yeah probably a night off would have benefited you know anybody you know anybody and and where's the baby in the group you know he's the young one yeah well well, i mean as far as the dead guys go you know guys in the dead yeah you know uh and, and it's uh listen 70 the new 50 right i guess so <laughs> i guess so a, yeah, that's it uh, you know but nine o'clock's the new midnight dude what the fuck what happened
0: <laughs> 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 well shit then it's me. you a, and these one miners. Yeah, i love oh it oh
1: my god that's true
0: <laughs> what the fuck happened at the beginning of tour man what was all that about like rain delays and cancellations and ending shows have, you know, two
3: songs out of space. Like, you, you, hey, listen, if, if Bob Weir controls the weather, he told everyone to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I told Apple, I said, I don't
0: I don't think that this is a fucking shade of things to come, man. I I, I think that this is going to be a great tour. And I'll tell you, it's shaping up. I, that Atlanta
3: show was fucking hot. I, I thought Atlanta was great. But listen, the whole thing so far has been like a relationship. And, and you know, like we uh, they met in in Mansfield, and, and it was a very awkward first date. Yes. And then, you know, in Camden, we started thinking, well, maybe there's some chemistry here. <laughs> and, you know, by the time we got to Riverbend, there was plenty of foreplay. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> was starting to get upright about themselves. Uh, And then, I mean, we just got down to business in Deer Creek. Uh, Deer Creek, the draws were off and we started getting down to business. Yeah, shit was going uh, on. You know, uh, 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 by the time uh, you know, Atlanta came, the the underbritches were on the ceiling fan. I mean...
4: <laughs> <laughs> we were having multiple The headboard orgasms. was knocking against the
3: walls. <laughs> multiple orgasms were going on and, and to me, Raleigh, we we were cuddling. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: I love it. I love it, yeah. <laughs> it
0: was a cuddle. So we're going to get to see the beginning of the second... Second date here coming up pretty soon. Yeah, they got tonight
3: (laughs) off to get a little rest. Yeah. Then you got SPAC, a legendary venue for the band and all its members. Yeah. You know, uh, SPAC is always good. I think this sets up great for SPAC. Everybody gets some rest, and, you know, uh, they're in a venue that they have a tremendous history in. Check out that do from, boy, SPAC's got one of those legendary do's from back in the day. And and, and then you got... uh, you know, a lot of good stuff on the table, you know, af- after a good night of cuddling and you get some sleep. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, now you feel refreshed. It's and on. You're getting ready to get the blood flowing again. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to be um, coming out west for any of the shows? I don't think so. You know, I, for me, I got kids and a uh, little one, six and nine. Oh. And, and you know, my bride. And if, 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 if I was like going through life as a single person, I would be everywhere. Right, You know what I mean? I'd go everywhere, but I got responsibilities. It's not easy for me. I Believe me, the thoughts go through my mind on a regular basis. Tour time is always a strain time for the relationship because I'm either streaming shit or I'm wishing I was there, and I try to get out as much as I can to... You know, as many shows as I can, but it, it's, uh, you know, there, there there comes a time, I guess, where you got to, like, look to put the needs of a family in front of your own desires, and, and that's never easy, and I got a late start in life with having kids, and so there's a lot of people my age, the kids are out already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to a late start on that mostly because I spent my whole youth fucking around on Grateful Dead tours. So, <laughs> <laughs> good way to do it yeah. well fuck it man I tell you that the whole rebirth of the dead has messed up more marriages and everything because people are all of a sudden like I'm, I'm tired of being tied down to all this shit and I don't even want a house and let's just get an RV and you know and wives uh, husbands and wives of the afflicted are like what the hell has gotten into this person yeah I'm, who <laughs> Who the fuck Everyone is this guy? Be on tour again, so I understand that there's a summer tour that's pretty much happened for us for a few years, but uh, it's kind of short-sighted to want to trade in the whole family for something that's over in July. Yeah, no <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> I want to come back home. Yeah,
0: at the end of July, the phone's ringing, uh, honey. Yeah.
1: Remember, remember what I said?
3: I didn't mean it. Dean, yeah, is your a...
1: wife into the dead?
3: She 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 loves dead and company. I mean, she's uh, you know, I think uh, uh, she loves going to the shows. She had a blast in Mexico. Love that. She was totally in full support of that trip, and. Uh, and and she, and she is, she, I mean, I don't think she's a, she's not nearly as obsessed as I am. You know, for me, I'm like, uh, I'm pretty much as obsessed as you can be around the music. And, uh, but, but she loves it. She's, uh, she loves to go to the show. She loves the music. She loves the whole vibe. And, uh she comes from uh you know her internal cloth is made up of a lot of same threads as is what we find when we're in grateful dead land. yeah what about the kids kids love it kids love it listen Aww. my kids identify about they uh, uh they're all about Oteil. um yeah good they have it, they have good taste <laughs> of teal and uh, they love my son loves mickey he's always talking no. about mickey Hart and they just they know the music it was really funny i was sitting on the couch and it was a nice day i had the window open and my son was in the backyard playing this just happened last week and uh and i'm listening to him out there and i'm like what's that i hear and he's like nothing shaking on shakedown street what happiest dad ever (laughs) and i'm like that's my six-year-old i'm like He's out there playing, looking for worms, singing Shakedown. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Happy dad moment,
0: man. That's badass.
3: kind of like victory. But then it's funny. I'm taking him to school, and he's like, Dad, can we hear fire on the mountain? And I'm like, sure. You want to hear a Garcia version or an O'Teele version? Uh, he said O'Teele version. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I almost felt like as much as I love O'Teal, I'm like, have I done wrong as a parent? No, <laughs> that he knows the difference speaks to your
0: high level of skill at parenting, yeah. man. Yeah, that he even knows there's a difference. That's hey, yeah. fucking badass. So let's do this, man. Let's let's
3: plan on high five in, in Mexico this year. Man, that'll be a that'll be a good time. I can tell you Mexico is a fun time. That's uh it's loose. They throw a hell of a party there. They go the extra mile to make sure that uh, you're eating, getting as much to eat as you want and drink as you want. The whole scene. I mean, that's a, that's a fine time. They throw a hell of a party in Mexico. I'm in. I'm in. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, The last thing I
0: wanted to ask you, man, you when you and I first started corresponding and stuff, you had been contacted by Mickey's people?
3: oh yeah we were supposed to do that interview with him what happened and, yeah then it's funny things got started getting moved all around and um and i just kind of was like listen no disrespect but i got like a professional life so I, 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 we we had a couple dates that were set and um You know what it's like dealing with a rock star. It's like, oh, can we move it to such and such a time? And I I just said, listen, like, this isn't a full-time job for me. Like, I actually make a living doing something else and – Uh, You know, my time that I'm available for this is limited, and and I just had things that I had to do. So his his director of social media is wonderful, and she's a friend of mine, and we're going to get an interview with him in soon. But just based on the the time constraints that I had, uh, I I just wasn't able to – we weren't able to get together oh, on the time cool. to do it like we had a couple times picked out and i like reserved some some time to do that and and they didn't work out and then Cherokee died Like you know, the one day we were supposed to do it, Cherokee died, and you know I understand when something like that happens. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do an interview an hour or two after I found out about that, and uh, not not me. I'm saying I could understand Mickey feeling that way, you know, and uh, and so I I don't know. Rock stars can be fickle, and and their their time. Listen, me scheduling with you. You know, I said yes. And then you called me up and we're talking at 11 and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, so like I, I, I get it. You're, uh, people aren't great with schedules. And uh, and I'm I, I just really had a couple windows of time that I was available. And uh, and if they didn't fit within that, that that's kind of all I was able to offer at the time. Yay. But they, his his team is ve- was very good to me. His team is uh, he's got a great team of very intelligent women that are running things, and they were great to me. And look, you know, wanted to make efforts to at some point. To see if we can still get a chance to talk to him. So uh, that'll happen one day. You
0: know, hey man, what? A, it's a cool fucking feather in your cap too that they reached out to you to have it happen. I mean, uh, you know, that that's what I lot. said.
3: I said, listen, I'm just honored that you, that you asked and they they wanted me to ask him a couple questions at the event, and I and I was kind of like, man, it's cool. Like I don't, you know, I don't. I really felt like it's not something that that I needed to push or anything yeah. like that. Uh if one day it happens, so be it. But like I said, for me, I, I always felt like I'm a regular cat out there, like everyone else that loves the music. And, and uh, my goal was never to talk to any of them. You know, my, my goal was to uh, just talk to us as a community. Right. And and to me, listen, I mean, I have more fun, I'm sure, spending an hour chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. I'm with you, man. I, yeah, when you talk back, to musicians, relax. typically their people have all these guidelines for you, like, uh-huh. please don't do this and please don't do that. And I'm like, have you fucking read my material? <laughs> like, like, do, do you know who I am? At, like, yeah. Listening to orders. Or <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I don't have filters. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you get to meet your your heroes and you think to yourself, I, I, it might have been a better idea. I never had that opportunity. Yeah. And I, I'm not I, saying that be the case with the guys in the dead. I, I'm not saying that. And, and the way my friendship with O'Teal came together and, and Peter has all been very effortless and it all happened very naturally without – force in the thing and so you know that that's how i prefer my relationships to really yeah. happen and if i'm gonna meet somebody i always trust that they'll be in my path one day and i don't have to bend over backwards to put myself in theirs and you know that's no kind of always I, been my take on he, life yeah man i mean like
0: as far as otiel goes when he said he was gonna do this show i was fucking flipped out man i was over the moon because he he uh, out of all the stuff that's happened with Grateful Dead, that that's my favorite thing that's happened is him coming into the band. And when he was going to come on the show, I was flipping out. And then
1: after we, Dean, he took a shower before <laughs> we interviewed O'Teal. <laughs> we interviewed him in our house on a Sunday morning there was no need for a shower
3: whatever <laughs> so what anyway nobody asked you <laughs> did he come to your place no no, no. no. we did no, it just no, that's like this so that's, funny that's about
1: it. it was over <laughs> the air like this there was...
3: it's really funny i was going to do like a radio interview once for for uh, this different thing and i wake up and i put on some like some shorts and a t-shirt and my wife's like you're going like that I'm like it's on the radio interview (laughs) (laughs) totally
0: and and talking to them like I was so nervous beforehand and then once we started talking like one of the first things he said was I said oh we're just we're so honored that you're here and whatever the you know and he's like man I just I'm just glad anybody cares
3: and I stopped in my head and I was like oh shit this is just another dude Odell's an amazing human yeah. being, and, and that's really what you find out when you talk to any of these guys is that you know the regular dudes with inc- with with just this incredible gift, yep. and for whatever reason, the world granted the universe granted them this amazing opportunity. To to have the stage that they have. Listen, there's a lot of amazing musicians jamming in hotel lobbies. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. Howard Johnson's bar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, musicians tend to be very interesting people. And and probably the hardest thing for most of them is how they're treated by regular folks like they're irregular in Mm -hmm. some way. And uh, the more you meet, the more you realize they're like the rest of the buddies that you have. And, uh, you know, it's kind of that's been my experience that in the at least in the community that we're in, you don't meet a ton of divas, Mm -mm. you know, you don't meet a ton of people that are, that are, you know, tremendously caught up in themselves. You typically just meet some folks like you and me that have a really cool job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it it was funny, like after that whole thing went down and I like digesting it the next day, I just thought to myself, wow, you know, like even more than getting to talk to one of my heroes like i feel like i made a friend and that was cool man that was a cool thing and even cooler than like talking to a rock star it's like
3: wow i made a friend that's fucking cool right Uh, uh, oh teal and his wife jeff the two uh his wife jess yeah i mean both of them are just salt of the earth human beings you know just pure hearts there's just there's there's no vinegar inside of them. You oh, know what that's, I mean? That's cool, man. They're, they're, they're the sweetest people in the world. And it, it, it's, for me, I just love when really amazing shit happens for people that are that nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because the music business and show business and all that stuff can be... A hell of a game to try to play, and it's nice when you see really super nice people, salt to the earth people, that are that are you know having the ride that you know they've been granted for for quite some time. has been doing it for a long time. Yeah, this this is
0: not his first rodeo, that's for Mm-mm. sure.
3: Mm-mm. You know, with, with Dead and Gum, he got so much exposure. I was like, man, you might be the most experienced rookie of the year ever. <laughs> no right. shit, right? Nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, no shit. Yeah, look at what he's done it's like okay
3: yeah that's a hell of a list like just colonel bruce i I remember (laughs) our relationship started i had got a he sent me a message That said, you know, like music is my meat and comedy is my potatoes. And, you know, and I'm glad that I'm getting my meat through the Grateful Dead music now with Dead and Company. And I just want you to know that, you know, I appreciate, you know, having your commentary as my potatoes. And I and I was (laughs) to me, I was like, holy, like when you get a compliment from somebody that's in the band, Uh. you like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and then he sent me his number and said, "If you ever want to talk, you can give me a call." And I sent mine to him and said, "You know, uh, feel free to do the same." And then he called like a couple hours later. It blew my mind. Yeah, you know, you you, you (laughs) might not, you might not necessarily get along with somebody just because you love their music, and but it was real unforced and natural, and uh, we talked for a long time and had a a ton of common experiences and people that we knew and it just it was like meeting somebody that you're talking to someone you've been friends with forever it was very natural and easy and, and who'd
0: have thought like all those years ago when 15 year old dean Sotilly dropped acid at his first grateful dead concert that that's what the fuck was gonna
3: happen <laughs> weird shit right no shit. My, my biggest compliment was when john barlow posted on my my wall on my facebook wall wow. you write the best concert reviews period you laugh me incontinent and I, <laughs> Hell yeah. that's like the way he put it, it's like only barlow can put it and uh and that was one of those compliments that we printed that out we framed it yeah i was gonna say that that better be framed man and when that happened i was like well listen it's official all my haters can kiss my entire ass i mean that gives you a few tokens of forgiveness there when you hear from john barlow yeah and uh you know, it was, uh, that that's just been just another rung on this ladder. That's been such a trip for all of us that are, you know, doing what you do, what I do, just talking about this thing, wanting to find common people to talk about this thing with finding a way to share it. And some of the fruits of that labor have just been being in touch with people that have long been your heroes and mentors and people that you admired. And, You know, and you realize that it's not like we're kids. Sometimes I feel like a kid in the middle of it, but I'm damn near 50. Yeah, me too. And uh, it's hard to believe. You know, I still feel like a kid. Yeah, me too, brother. And you know what? For both of us, I hope this goes for another 20 at least. You know, oh, you think it. the tempo is a problem now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit.
0: so yeah. I mean, since you can fix streams on nugs and shit, man, why don't you tell Bobby to pick up the tempo a little bit? Will you do I'm that for officially,
3: me? I'm officially tech support, so yeah. <laughs> if pops with their streams, you just inbox me. <laughs>
0: well, Dean, man, I don't want to keep you all night, but i just want you to know that we appreciate you man and and we all look forward to every review that comes out and thanks a lot for putting it on the line and and being brave and doing your thing man it's fucking badass
1: listening to you out here on the patio in the morning having coffee has become like a routine for me
3: well i sincerely appreciate the support really i do it's uh it's kind of what's kept me doing it is every every now and then you're like, maybe I should just stop, just retire and disappear into obscurity. Please don't. <laughs> you, you, you catch a couple folks that because uh, I take some long breaks in between tours yeah. and I will get a lot of messages with people that are like, you know. Uh, we wish we could hear something from you and i'm like it's it's kept me in it and so i appreciate uh all of you and i and i listen to your podcasts and oh, i you, always man. thought they were they came across like a couple folks with common interests just chatting with the family and and so i love the way they came across and you guys sound like you got a beautiful thing there and, uh, you, and i appreciate Thanks. you all right, Thank man. Thank you. Well, we'll see each
0: other in Mexico, if not on tour before that, and we'll keep in touch, man. When when Mexico starts to happen, I'll, I'll give you some details and let you know where we're going to be and all that so we can high-five and have a beer.
3: Sounds great, man. Love you long time. Love <laughs> too, man. Take it easy. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of
4: history, that's a lot of music and a lot of stories.
0: I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking... I can't quite believe this is happening.
4: Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil Story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
0: Hey brother. Hi
3: Dean! <laughs> Hi bye, y'all!
0: That was Dean Tilly, everybody. He's fucking hilarious. I um That guy's something else. Dean, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We love you. Long time, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody out there, remember to follow us on Instagram. Head over to nosimpleroad.com for your merch and sign up for the newsletter on the family tab. See your hashtag, nosimpleroads up there. Um, Head over to patreon.com forward slash nosimpleroad. That's how you can support the show. And last but not least, and absolutely biggest, hugest, most importantly, is the iTunes reviews. If every one of you listening right now head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. This show will probably show up on the new and noteworthy page on Apple podcast. So if you're listening to us on Apple podcast, go ahead and at the end of the episode, just click over, search the show, scroll down, click reviews and leave us a five-star man. That is how you can support the show without giving any money. And that helps us more than anything. And it helps other brothers and sisters find out about the show. So, until next week, guys, I will be on time this Sunday. I'm actually going to do the episode for next week right now and set it to post on Sunday while I'm at High Sierra. So, I don't got to do shit and it ain't late. Right?
2: And it's very smart.
0: All right. So, everybody give a smile to a stranger.
2: Ooh, uh, call a friend and tell them you miss them or text. You don't even call them. Text a friend to say hi. I miss you.
0: Writer said so.
2: Do it. Peace. Just an old friend you haven't talked to in a while. Bye. Or a new friend. Or a new friend.
0: Or a medium friend.
2: Medium friends are cool too.
0: Medium friends are cool. Uh-huh. All right. Peace.
2: Bye. not
3: equal the perplexities of the current road.